Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Lights, camera, action. Today's guest is Lydia Blanco Garza, a professional TV, film, and stage actor turned talent agent who's searching for the next best thing. We'll talk about her start in the industry, her adventures in Hollywood on and off screen, and tips for those who want to pursue a career in acting. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. It's springtime, and we're in the middle of Hollywood award season. Every spotlight will be focused on the world of film and television, but sadly, the stage won't be big enough for actors from the Latinx community. Very few nominations ever go to the thousands of working actors who spend long days in front of the cameras helping to keep Hollywood in business. And these actors had to beat out many for the few roles that do become available for people of color. This brownout in the industry is an affront to the Latinx community. We are one of the most loyal blocks of moviegoers. In a pre-pandemic industry report from 2014, Latinos made up 32% of frequent moviegoers, even though we only made up 17% of the population back then. It's a tough industry, but for those who are dedicated to the craft, they will find joy and fulfillment when they're able to land a role and show the range they can bring to the screen. Enter staged left. We have Lydia Blanco Garza, a Hollywood veteran who's appeared on several TV series, including Strong Medicine, Curb Your Enthusiasm, CSI, and Desperate Housewives, and you've also seen her on film, with roles in The Terminal with Tom Hanks and The Holiday with Cameron Diaz. Lydia will talk about her years in the industry and how she's upped her own game in the world of entertainment by becoming her own boss. And now she discovers talent in her region of the United States. I want to welcome to the show a very good friend of mine from way back. We're talking 20 plus years. Lydia Blanco Garza. She is an amazing actor that has now graduated to a talent agent is doing amazing work all across Texas, being able to really uh, start hitting areas that are often overlooked by New York and Los Angeles. Now we got a, a, a movie may have been right in our backyard in Texas. Lydia Blanco, Garza, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Uh, like I had just mentioned before we got started the podcast, I went to Our Lady Lake University from 1990 to 1994. And there's only a couple of people that you kind of remember. When you get older like me, you only kind of remember maybe like a two dozen, three dozen people that, yeah, we went to school together and stuff like that. You're one of the ones that stands out because you're such a force to deal with there. <laughs> always high you know highly spirited you know you're an extrovert you're an extrovert and i just was drawn to your energy you came into work as a in your work study job you walked into the college newspaper where i was the editor and i just like fell in love at first sight i'm like yes i gotta have her on the staff because she she's gonna bring so much light and joy oh thank you seriously lydia thank you so much but i just give a little taste of what's to come tell us a little bit about 
about yourself, your uh, where you were born, how'd you end up in San Antonio, and how did you end up in Hollywood? Yes, so I was actually born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My mom's family is from New Mexico. Uh, so when I was born, I probably was there about two years, and then my family relocated to Texas because uh, my dad's family's from South Texas. So we kind of planted roots in Corpus Christi. And my whole plan my entire life was to be a psychologist. I was going to get my PhD because that sounded like the most practical, normal, stable thing to do. I've always loved acting, but I never thought of it as a career. I, I applied at Our Lady Lake University because it was close enough to Corpus, but not in Corpus. So I felt like I was going away to school, but not too far. It's only like two <laughs> hours away down the street. Two hours away. So I would come home, you know, on the holidays or maybe every other weekend whenever I felt like it. So it was very convenient. And I loved Our Lady of the Lake. I felt so at home. I'm a joiner. So like you said, I was joining every little event and you know newspaper and and the brand ambassadors it was a beautiful experience because imagine being dropped off by your latino family they drop their 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 first kid to go off to college and they drive through like the the the, the west side of san antonio kind of looks sketchy but then all of a sudden you see this oasis yes green with these beautiful beautiful castle-like building the peaks of the Beautiful. cathedral you're like oh my god what is this you know it's yes. like a disney palace you know and it was actually our little like university where you had all your administration offices on the first floor classrooms yes. on the second and then you had your dorms on the third it yes. was like a, a one-stop shop and the the families loved it right it was great i loved it and i loved that it was so latino heavy, like the school, like I didn't feel out of place. I felt like everybody that I met could have been a best friend or a cousin or somebody at a barbecue. Like it totally <laughs> I felt at home at our, our Lady of the Lake University. And it's actually there. I got involved with the 24th Street Theater Company. Yeah. Uh, Rick Slocum. Rick Slocum. Used to head. Yeah. Yep. And that was my very first taste of ever being a professional actor. He put me in these plays and these children's plays and the, the theater company would perform for schools. They would come in and sit in the audience and we would do these shows. And that was the first time I ever got paid as an actor. So it introduced me to a career in this field because I never thought it was possible. I was like, this is only going to be a hobby. I obviously can't make a living at doing what I love. So I got to do something else. And during my time in San Antonio, I actually, I booked a, um, I got cast in a play, The Midsummer Night's Dream with the San Antonio Symphony at the Majestic Theater in wow. downtown. Yes. Carlos uh, Leal was, was in it with me. Yep. And it was, it was such an amazing experience because, I mean, I was, Jesse Borrego was Puck. Oh my know? God, Jesse Borrego? Oh my God, yes, yes. I love yes. him. Yeah. yeah, he was great. And I got to work with all these actors that were flown in from L.A. and Chicago. And and I was around these professional actors. And I was like, you can actually do this. Like, you can have a living being an actor. You don't have to be famous. You just can do what you love to do as a living. And that's where everything shifted and clicked for me. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And uh, I changed my major and I left. <laughs> I left San Antonio. <laughs> But you had to because you had to follow your dream. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was going to say, how did your family react? Because you were going into a psychology degree, but now you're going to be an actor? 
Yeah. Meal. What did your? I mean, luckily my parents were very supportive. Like anytime I was in a play in San Antonio, they would drive up to see me, and my dad would be, you know, the proudest That's guy. Beautiful. Yeah. So he was very supportive, and you know, and they worried, of course. You know, as long as I got my degree, is all they cared about. You know, get your degree, have something to fall back on. You know, but they supported me when I wanted, you know, to move to Los Angeles. They were a little skeptical. I was moving by myself, but, you know, they definitely supported me and, you know, financially as well on those months where I couldn't make it, you know, yeah. until I was able to make it. So it's been a journey, but they've been great for sure. Those are great reasons, you know, that wonderful experience you had in college to make you become an actor. Was there ever like someone's performance? that made you feel like, yeah, this is the profession I want? Was it a local actor or maybe saw a, you saw a movie that inspired you? You know, I've always loved to do it. And, and I love affecting people. Like when I would get off of the stage and an audience member would come up to me, I'm like, oh my God, you reminded me of my sister or my aunt, or you made me cry in that one scene. And I was like, oh, it's such a powerful tool to, to, to have art as your vehicle to affect people. And that's what was like, oh, I could still help people in the way that I wanted to be a therapist and a psychologist, but in a different way. What a way, what them way of putting that. Yeah. 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 It was very, yeah. I felt the, I felt the parallels, the common ground between the two loves. And I justified it for myself and said, okay, I can make, I can make a difference in people's lives, even through my art. Yeah. What were some of the toughest moments when you decided to go make that drive to Hollywood? And before you got your big break, what were some of the toughest moments? And then tell us about your big break. Yeah. So the toughest moments were always just trying to figure it out and make a living while you're on this journey, because everyone's expectations of an acting career is different. Like I had a friend who used to work in Broadway and moved to LA and booked her very first TV show. And so she thought it all came that easy, <laughs> you know? So she yeah. was like, when am I gonna get my own series? And it didn't happen. And for me, like I moved to Austin first. So I, when I decided I was gonna be an actor and I finished school, I graduated college with a communications degree with an emphasis in theater, television and film. I moved to Austin, got my first agent, got my first headshots, started doing independent movies, short films, feature films, all of that stuff. So I kind of like, paid my dues a little bit when I was in Austin. And then when I went to LA, it was like hitting the reset button. Like it didn't matter what I did in Austin. I had to start again at ground zero, doing non-union background work, just trying to get my foot in the door and like make a living. And it was, it was a challenge because I remember, you know, all my friends would have stable jobs and make money. And I was always like, okay, I'm substitute teaching and I'm trying to like get enough money to pay the rent. So maybe if I only subbed two days a week would be just enough money to pay the rent. And then I could focus on just my auditions. Like it was such a juggle it was during a juggle. that time. But thinking back, you know, everybody went through that, you know, depending on what career you're in, you kind of had to go through that in your early 20s in your yeah. 20s but it was so much fun being that young and being able to have all of that going on in your world it was a struggle but somehow you you had fun doing it or you yes. look for sources for fun and yes. you Hollywood how fun was that being in that in the center of it all 
it, it was so much fun. And I love the fact that I moved to LA when I was 26. That's a whole other experience versus yeah. moving there when you're 18. Well, you're a young woman too. Yeah. Like I was graduated. Like I felt like independent. I was a woman. I was, had a good head on my shoulders. I wasn't going to fall for scams or for anything like that. Like I was just a little bit more aware versus if I had gone right after high school, I wouldn't have been able to yeah. have yep. made it at all, you know? Um, so it was fun. It was fun. I had a good time. I was fearless, probably a little naive in my fearlessness of LA. We would go out all the time and walk around and, you know, not really understand the dangers of a big city sometimes, you know, but luckily I never had to endure something like that. And then came your big break. What was yeah. that? Gosh, a big break. So for me, I had to do a year and a half of background work, non-union background work, which was really tough before I booked my first speaking role on a TV show. And that was Strong Medicine on Lifetime with okay. Rosa Blasi. And what was full circle about that moment was I actually did background work on that TV show. And so to book my first speaking role on that show, like I didn't sit in the area where the background actors sat, like they walked me in and took me to my dressing room and I had lines and the makeup people were doing my makeup. Like it was such a full circle moment to go, I was here sitting where they were like last month. And then here I am, you know, with lines, like it was, it was amazing. So that was like my first job as an actor. And then Within like a week or two, I booked a sitcom called Good Morning Miami. And then within a week or two, I booked CSI. So it was like, they say, once you book your first job, it's like a snowball effect. It just started coming. And that's kind of how it yeah, got rolling. Work travels about your professionalism and your ways that you can deliver lines. And they're always looking for that one type of actor, you know? So yeah. it was, I, I, you, I got to see your reel that uh -huh. you have, you know, so you could show people about... Uh, the professional work you've done. Yeah. I just cried seeing all these scenes on shows that I remember seeing growing up in the last 10, 15 years. You were on all these hit shows. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, my Lydia, she was <laughs> everywhere. I was so proud of you, girl. I was like, oh my God. And I saw the other scenes that, and oh, first you play a victim and then you play an actual a uh, 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 cop the series I mean you you have a range girl let's just say that <laughs> yeah. to, to drama where you're like a victim of a in a CSI type show and I'm just like oh my god she played all types of parts she was yeah. casted as a maid no she played every part out there yeah and what's funny is it felt like I was typecast. Like if I played two maids in my entire career, I felt like, oh my God, everything I was doing was a maid. You know what I mean? But it wasn't. Like you said, when you look back and you're like, I'm playing cops, I'm playing, you know, doctors, I'm playing nurses, I'm playing teachers, I'm playing a bunch of different occupations. And I love the fact that I would book stuff that had nothing to do with my ethnicity because I thought all that they saw was a Latina girl. So for them to be like, oh, this is your husband and it's he's this you know, redheaded white guy, yeah. you know, and, and I wasn't Maria or, and you know what I mean? It wasn't about being yeah. a Hispanic woman married to this white guy. I was just a woman married to this guy. Like, I loved that. I loved that I got booked on stuff that had nothing to do with, you know, being like That's very hard because, you know, 10, 20 years before you landed there, that was all that was available to us, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm sure. glad that you saw the beginnings 
of something where people looked outside the box for a lot yeah. of doctors that were up and coming that were yeah. from diverse backgrounds. So like I had, you had just given us a little about working on the sets. So when you started doing movies, oh yeah, you'll being on the set, especially like legends like Tom Hanks, girl. Yeah, I know that one. You know, it's so funny because I remember that vividly. I remember getting the phone call that I booked the terminal and it was just a surreal feeling. And then going to set for the first day and seeing Steven Spielberg, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Tom Hanks, like talking. And then like, they come and talk to us, come and shake my hand. Like, it was just like, where am I? Whose life is this? This is so weird. What's your life built up to, you know? That's it was amazing. Insane. And what's crazy too about the Terminal is like they employed hundreds of background actors, right? Because they needed to fill up an airport terminal with all these people. And I remember getting walked, you know, the AD picked us up, you know, when we checked in and like walked us past all of the sea of extras so we can meet Steven Spielberg. And I just felt so like, wow, there's been so many movies where I was sitting there as an extra, not able to just walk on by and shake Steven Spielberg's hand. And here I was, it was so surreal and dreamlike and amazing. The most amazing experience I've ever had on set. My mother loved that movie. And I had to tell, my friend Lydia was on that movie. And she just, I was, she's like, okay, I can't wait to watch it again. It's oh. just, it's just, he's such a, a treasure. We all felt so bad when he got COVID. It's, I know. It's, I was like, not my Tom. <laughs> that's when shit got real. When uh, Tom Hanks got it, you know, we were like, damn, this thing's really coming at us. You know, that's how big we have him on our pedestal. And he's it's amazing. That, uh how actors are able to connect with people that much, that they become part of the family. Yeah. So it's just, that's a, it's a very beautiful profession that you chose to follow. Yeah. And so cool about it is that now you get to be that person that introduces the, this whole profession yeah. others because you started your own talent agency. Tell us about that, Lydia. I did. So when I decided to leave my acting career, I knew that I wanted to come back to Texas. I just wasn't sure what I was going to do. Uh, originally I left LA thinking I was going to be a casting director. I was going to come to Texas, maybe land in Austin and then cast all the big movies that come to Texas. And then somehow life had us end up in Corpus again. Uh, my husband wanted to open up his business down here. And I was like, I can't cast down here because Corpus didn't have that kind of industry out here. And so I started actually uh, teaching actors. I opened up an acting studio and I started just teaching classes to kids and teenagers and adults. And then we got to the point with some of my students where I was like, okay, you're ready. You're ready to start working professionally. Like go out, get an agent and go for it. And they're like, well, can't you be my agent? I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm your coach. I'm not an agent. It's not how it works. You have to go get a real agent in like Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, somewhere else. Cause we don't have any agents here. And then, you know, enough people just kept asking me, I'd rather you be my agent where I'm like, well, let me look into that. And then wow. I opened up my own agency. It's been six years now and it's been that's, great. That's great. And there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, studios that are trying to save money. So they're no longer filming in New York and Los Angeles. Yeah. They're going to places where they can get big tax breaks. So Texas is being one of them. Mm -hmm. Have you been able to cash in on that? 
Oh, for sure. So when, so when you open up a theatrical agency or an agency, like I cover the entire Southeast theatrically. So if I, I can represent an actor in New Orleans and I can be able to submit him for movies or TV shows shooting anywhere in the Southeast. So from New Mexico, Texas, uh, Louisiana, through Florida, up to like New York. So wow. that's like the beauty of it. Like Atlanta, like I'm able to submit a name and a brand and that's your territory. Yes, yes. So wow. since I'm based in the Southeast, I get the breakdowns for the Southeast. So everything that's shooting down here, I'm able to. And in fact, I had, oh my gosh, you know, the sweetest moment as an agent has happened not too long ago. One of my actors who I've been representing since he was 13 years old, he had just turned 18. And from 13 to 18, five years of representing him, he's a good looking kid, talented. He played the lead in every community theater show that we had. And he got nothing but no's every time I submitted him for something. Like every audition he had, he never booked it, never booked it, never booked it for five years. He was starting to lose hope. And he was like, maybe this isn't the career for me. Maybe I need to go to college and study something else. And right at that moment where he was second guessing his path, he booked uh, the role or a role in 12 Mighty Orphans, which is a true story based on this football team. And he's one of the Mighty Orphans. And it's with Robert De Niro, Martin Sheen, wow. Lisa Wilson. Yes. Wow. And I mean, he went up to Dallas. Big, and he gets to work with De Niro? Yes. Amazing. And you made that happen, Lydia. I yes. You're a guardian angel. It was amazing. <laughs> what advice do you have to, you know, people that want to become an actor that inspire the, How do you inspire them? You know, I'm more of the reality, you know, because I know it's hard and I don't want to give people like, oh, it's so easy. You can move to L.A. and no do everything I did. Yeah. Right. Because it's like everybody's journey is different. So what you have to realize is if it's in your heart that you can't do anything else but this, like you love this so much that this is your path, then you have to understand that it has ebbs and flows. And, and this is really a game of perseverance and drive. Like if you stick to it and you really give it all and it's something that you love, you will eventually get where you need to go. It's those people who say, I'm going to give it a year. And if I'm not famous, I'm out. I'm going to do something else. Well, those are the ones that are out really fast and, and yeah. just, you know, never become what they want to become. So I just say, you know, really put your mind to something and, and go for it. We're coming up on a time where there's a push by, by the media and culture to start diversifying in front of the camera and behind the camera. Yes. How hard was it for you as a person of color to navigate Hollywood in the 90s? and the 2000s. I mean, we talked about how you were able to get cast in roles, but do you see what are the what other pitfalls were for a lot yeah. of Hollywood? You know, it's funny because I remember when I would like in Curb Your Enthusiasm when I when I played a maid and I remembered like, you know, getting a little frustrated that, you know, all they see is a maid when they see a Latino or the gardener, or uh, somebody that needs a green card, or doesn't speak English. Like there were certain ideas that they had of Latinos already. And, and I remember thinking, well, it's because that's their story. They're writing their story. That's what they know. That's either how they grew up, 
or that's the world that they live in. And so the more Latinos that write our stories, then the more it opens up for the people, you know, so the more Latino writers and the Latino directors and the Latino stars, that changes the course of how Hollywood will see us, you know, so. You, you get more three-dimensional characters that have backstories and yes. interesting, clever life, lives that you want to portray, you know, yeah. And diverse like, stories, yeah. diverse stories, not just one story over. And I remember that would frustrate me because it's like, if I just played the maid over and over and over again, I don't mind you know, being a part of that story, but there's other stories. There's other stories. Where are the characters that are, you know, other doing other careers, doing other things? You know, I would love to be able to play those as well. So. So if people are interested in becoming an actor, seriously following through with this, with this career, how can they find out about your talent agency and where can they find you? So yes, so I have a website called theblancoagency.com and on the website, there's a page called Seeking Representation and it outlines everything that an actor would need to, to do to submit for our agency. So it's normally a monologue or an audition, some kind of video uh, audition that they can submit. And then I will decide if I'm ready to, or if they're ready to be represented. So you get them an honest assessment say, you know what? you're really good, you hit your points, or you can either say, you know what, you need to go get some schooling. <laughs> yes. And most people do. Yeah. Yeah, like most people need to get trained. I don't think they realize that. I think a lot of people think they're gonna go sit at a coffee shop and get discovered based on how beautiful that they are, but it really is about training. So the more training that you do, and then to understand the business as well. And that's something that a lot of actors because they get into it because of the love of the art, they don't realize there's a business aspect of it that they have to be aware of too. The marketing of yourself, you're the CEO of your own company. Like, what does that look like come tax season? Like all of these things are important part of your career as an actor. So definitely learn both parts. And if you're not traditionally pretty, you know, by Hollywood standards, there's still a market for you, correct? Oh, 100%. When I moved to LA, I was like, nobody's going to cast me. I don't look like Pamela Anderson, you know, because I was living on TV. But it's so funny because life imitates art. And so there are so many different types of people in life. There's so many different types of people in movies, TV shows. Whether you're 100 years old or one years old, there's definitely a place for you in every story that is written. So don't, don't knock yourself. You better have just some beautiful spirit that engages audiences and is a you know lights up a room when they they steal that scene and Lydia that was you growing up I saw it uh, from day one when you walked into that newsroom and I said she's gonna work for my office I'm gonna love this journey that we're <laughs> seriously you had it back then and you still have it now and I'm so happy that you're gonna be sharing this gift with many more people out there in Corpus Christi Tech that's where you like it located right Portland. Yeah, well, I'm in Portland. I'm in Portland, Portland. Texas. Sorry, Portland. Let me that. Portland. <laughs> in the southeast part of Texas and making dreams come true. Thank you so much, Lydia, for being on this show. Oh, thank you for having me. It was great.